Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I'm Michelle Maros, your co-host, and I am here with my mom, Peaceful Barb. It's funny. Sometimes we still get people who don't know that you're my mom mm. online. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But we are mother-daughter. Yep. For life. Yes. And that's what really prompted the podcast. We've been, you've been planning this for years. Yeah. Um, since she is my mom, she's taught me a lot for <laughs> the duration of my lifetime. So um, I guess I can really say that generally speaking, you do know best. I love that. No, it's really nice to have <laughs> this. We have conversations all the time, as you all know. So it's nice to bring this conversation to all of you. Yes. And today is, is a really kind of special one because we're doing a part two. She loves a two-part episode. I love the two-part episodes. I feel like Because this was not planned, and she planted that seed at the end of last week's episode. And didn't give you a chance and to she even, didn't even say yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so I said, all right, I guess we're going to roll with it. So um, if you haven't yet, maybe go back and listen to last week's episode so you can get a taste of, a taste of regret. <laughs> Very funny. Um, because cute. that is what we discussed last week. And this week we will be further jumping into the world of regret, what it looks like, how we can start to reframe it and live with it in a way so that it doesn't overtake our lives. And it's so fascinating too. I, I love the idea of regret and framing it in a way because for me it shows up as the life that I wish I could have lived or something like that, not having taken a different path or a different road or when we, when we're, you know, the road less traveled, so to speak, when we're at that fork of the road or oftentimes thinking about what could have been and all of those things are things that we talked about in the last episode last week. So it's really, I'm loving the fact that we get to continue this conversation because I think it's so rich with thoughts and ideas, possibilities, possibilities, opportunities, because I do believe strongly that regret while we need regrets and all of us have them in some form in our lives, uh, we can actually look at them as teachers, which is what I said last week. And I truly believe that I, I think all of life is our teacher, but in this situation, I believe it's really important that we look at regret and help I personally has been doing this, have been doing this for a long time in my life, and I'm in a situation right now, as I spoke last week, with a very, very life-changing situation, So, which I'll talk about at some point. So regret has to be, um, it, it has been up for me, and it has to be looked at in a way that it doesn't take us down or cause us not to be able to function, you know, where our lives can sometimes become unmanageable when we're burdened with, with thoughts of regret or remorse, and I believe it can lead us down a path of 
of, I don't want to necessarily say depression, but sadness. Melancholy. 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 <laughs> Beautiful. So at the end of last week's episode, we kind of went into a little bit of the story of, of my dad as an example of of someone who we believe really did die in his regrets and just what that can look like. I think it's easy to think that we'll always have time, no, regardless of your age, to, to get to that place in life that will, you'll finally be happy or, you know, I'll do this when, or I'll go try this when, or I'll feel this way when. And I think that mindset is, is a breeding ground for regret really, because as we've talked about in other episodes too, you know, life is not promised and tomorrow is not promised and that I'll try this or I'll do it or I'll experience it later can, can leave us feeling extremely regretful. And I think that my dad's life is just a a great example of that, you know, and I, I say that lovingly, I don't have any judgment about it, but he was someone who so deeply glamorized the past and idealized the past to the point where he was always trying to get back to a place and he did not make it back to that place and and it's it's like a bit of unfinished business or something like that it is and and so I just you know we when he passed and we were talking about even like where he was we were going to have him buried and things like that and just what he wanted there was so much more that he wanted that he didn't get to experience or have And just thinking about it through the lens of regret, it's like, you know, if you want something in your life, today is the day to act on it because tomorrow isn't promised. And regret is is truly born out of inaction. And I'm not saying, like, if you want something, you have to quit everything tomorrow and make these rash decisions right now to make it happen. I mean, if that's what you're being called to, sure. But it's like the tiny steps that you can take to move yourself closer towards whatever it is that you're yearning for. And I think that's so beautifully said, Michelle, because your dad was a good example of that. He had, he had always had one foot in the past and one foot in the present. Well, one foot in the future, I think. And one foot in the future. I mean, I guess he didn't have three, three feet. feet. No, <laughs> so he, he was straddling the past was straddling and the future and was never really was, in the present. You're right, and was very rarely present. So it, happiness always eluded him. And so it's, I believe strongly that it's really important for us to know what matters most. And so we knew it mattered most to him, but for whatever reason, uh, it never he never got there before he before he died. And you could call it courage, you could call it lack of courage, or you could call it just... Um, you know, not even knowing what's, what would be the first step to take. So in this episode, in this conversation today, I think I really would love to frame it around knowing what matters most to you. Like what in your life matters most? Because so often we, we 
we forget, we kind of know what matters most. So if we ask you this question, what matters most, many of us could probably say two or three things that really matter most to us. But then I bet if you took the next step in that question and said, okay, so if this, this, and this matters most to me, how much of my day, how much of my present moment day, how much of my life, how much time am I spending doing the things, taking the steps to wherever it is that I want to go towards what matters most to me? And so I've, if we look at your dad's story, that that would be the case. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good place for us to continue the conversation around regrets and not hating your past. I mean, not not. And I think I think it matters most that you embrace it. If you've got a regret, embrace it, because the way that we the way that we embrace it and lean into it and understand it, that's how we're able to transform it. For sure, and I think that regrets kind of come in in two different forms like the regret of something that's already happened like of the past of something that you said or did or or put someone through but then also I'm thinking too about regrets like pre-regrets like things that you know you will regret if you don't do it mm-hmm. and how like we're taking our ourselves to the future expecting ourselves not to do the thing and feeling that pang of sadness and remorse for something that hasn't even happened yet and it's like that gnawing at your psyche of like this is what I want but I know you're not going to do it so feel sad about it now kind of thing like when we talked last week about dancing Mm -hmm. you know we taking a dance class we talked about it and you know there's that well what if I don't ever do it there's writing a book. I've been writing a couple books for a few years and you've been writing your second book for quite a long time as well. And, you know, I think about what would I regret if I were to potentially die tomorrow not having a book. So okay. it's like those things that that gnaw at you too that haven't even happened yet. But it's like a a signal of where, like you said, what you value and where you need to place your attention because you know that if you get to whatever finish line, whenever that might be, and it's not something that actually happened, you'll feel a certain way about it. And so I think today, is on the, as we continue this conversation, it's perfect to start looking at what lens or what, what way do we look at regret and are we looking at regret in a harmful way, in a way that keeps us dwelling in it. You know, we can't change the past. We can only use all the experiences that we've had from the past to create the beautiful future that we wish to have by taking the actions in the present moment. So I think it's really good to start understanding how you see regret. And is it anchoring anchoring your life and your mind in the past and flooding all of your mental space and your emotional space and causing you to have remorse or inaction And really just what I said earlier, not allowing you to do what it is you want to do with your time today. So I think we want to share with you a a new way or maybe, I don't want to say better way, but a more mindful way or a more productive way of looking at regret that we believe that looks looks like a way of we do some reflecting, we do some owning of what we're feeling and what's happening for the moment 
And then we look at what actions we can take and what tiny steps. And then ultimately coming out the other side with some gratitude for what we've already learned and what got us where we are today. Because I believe you said it beautifully, Michelle, a life of regret really is truly, if you look at Bronnie Ware's um, quote about being a hospice nurse, that the most common regret of patients that were dying was, I wish I'd had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life that others expected of me. I promise next week we will not use that quote. I well, think we've used it in every well, I Because I think it's perfect to, to, to use in this conversation right it now is. as we move through because it, it backs up what you said that really, truly a life of regret is kind of born out of inaction. We mostly regret what we didn't do, not what we did. And I think that's what surprised me when I've looked at my life and regrets and I've actually looked at my regrets. I, most of my regrets are things that I didn't do not what I did, or I wish I hadn't said that. They're mostly born out of not taking an action that I wish I had. So I think, and and research has shown this. There's been some research studies that have shown that when people look back on their lives, it's the things that have, it's the things they've not done that generate the greatest regret. So I think it's really interesting to look at that and kind of frame this conversation today around that because it's those are the long-term feelings of regret as you said when we come to the end of our life most of us are not going to say I wish I hadn't spoken to that person that way we're mostly going to say I wish I'd spent more time with that person or I wish that I had done what I truly knew that my heart was calling me to do well I think that listening to you talk and thinking about what the feeling is under regret it's disappointment we're disappointing ourselves and potentially others and I I wrote something a little while ago but I said no that whatever you do you'll disappoint someone and that's okay just don't disappoint yourself and I think that kind of encapsulates this conversation of our life is ours and we make our choices from our own lens and perspective for what we think is in our own for the best interest in that moment. And we're the only ones that live in our minds and our lives and that we're with ourselves 24-7. So that concept of disappointing yourself and living with that pang of inaction, like you said, of not doing the things that you wanted to do or taking the steps that you wanted to take or living the life that you wanted to live, it's... It's like this overarching, deep-seated disappointment, which is so painful. Yes. Like regret is so painful because we've somehow disappointed ourselves. And we've not. And we're not doing anything that we can to move out of it. We're living in that well of disappointment. We're dwelling in that and not looking at it. I would like to say let's look at it as reframing regret. Reframing it in such a way that what what are the regrets trying to tell you? So the first thing we have to do is, what do we regret? What do you regret? And what are the things that you keep ruminating on? So I, I love it, Michelle. You're, you have done so many beautiful courses on journaling and stuff. This is a great time to get a little notebook. If, regrets, if, you're, if this is speaking to you and regrets are something that you have that are weighing you down, get a little notebook and, and really start leaning into what do you regret? What are they trying to tell? Because once you write down what you're regretting, then you can move to the space of what, what they're trying to tell you. What are the things that you keep ruminating on? 
You know, what is that broken record that keeps playing on a loop in your mind day in and day out or week in and week out? What's pulling you into the self-sabotaging habits that I believe that I saw happening within myself when I dwell too long on something that I'm regretting that I didn't do? And everything that kept coming up for me, actually, I got to a place of saying, wow, all of these things that are coming up to me as regrets that are keeping me stuck are actually holding me back from becoming who it is I intend to be. So I thought I think what I what I realized for myself that it's not really the regrets that are weighing me down, it's how I'm perceiving them. So that's why I say let's really try to flip that switch or let's flip that idea of how we're framing regrets. And instead of regrets being something that can weigh us down that we can get caught in and with the idea that we could change something or, oh my gosh, we're so bad and why didn't we do this and what's the matter with me? Maybe we could start looking at them with the, with the context that they're lessons and they're teaching us what matters most. Cause I've, what I've seen the most, <laughs> what I've seen the most when I've done this exercise is, wow, I knew that this mattered most to me, but I actually, I'm not quite living that way. And they transform, I think the regret can help transform us into places where we need to change what we're doing and where do we want to take our next action and show us our greatest opportunities that really are lying before us that we're not able to see. Yeah, I think that was, I saw this great quote by Neil Rose that says, people's biggest regrets are a reflection of where in life they see their largest opportunities. That is where they see tangible prospects for change, growth, and renewal. And he's a great researcher in the field of regrets. And so I thought this is really perfect. In the field of regrets. In the field of regrets. We can all learn and grow from our regrets is what I keep hearing myself and what I'm trying to see for myself. And it's, it's, it's not easy. This is, you know, none of the work we talk about in these episodes and the conversations that you and I have, Michelle, are, are really deep. It's deep work. It's hard work. It's commitment to yourself and commitment to living the life that you truly desire to live. So we, ha- we can't shy away from the regrets. We can't just keep allowing them to go on and on and on and on and on. But we really need to lean into them and start understanding what they are. And when we start to see the opportunities that are in front of us, instead of running away from it, uh, we start evolving or we start growing or we start feeling better, feeling happier. Like you talked about your dad. I'm not sure. He just kind of was living life. I feel like there was... It was almost like I'll be happy when I move to Bloomington, Indiana, or I'll be happy when I do this. Right. That's what and, I said. He was living in that I'll right. be happy when. And so. The when never came. So today is really all about how can I start to have the, how, how can I start to feel happy now in the little small steps and the tiny actions that I can take towards what it is the regret in my life is trying to show me or teach me. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, but we've got we've got you know we've got some steps here that we want to share no, with do. you, or no, some ideas. I know they're I not really steps, but they're about, ideas. I just keep thinking about the two veins of regret and things just, that we didn't do 
and uh, things that... Yeah, I'm explaining it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. It just, it occurred to me that it shows up, for, at least for me, and I think probably mm-hmm. for other, for you as well, that it shows up in two ways and just how different these two veins of regret play out in life. And it's like a seesaw almost. The one being the things that you've done in the past that have made you feel remorse or shame or guilt or um, disappointment that have already happened. And then the things that haven't yet happened that you know if you don't allow them to happen, you'll feel disappointment about. And it's just so interesting to meld them both together of, yes, learning the lessons of the regrets of my past while also paying attention to the signs and signals that I'm being given in the present of, okay, I don't want I know that regret is a part of life, but I'd like to nip whatever I can in the bud before it becomes some sort of deep-seated wound of extreme disappointment or guilt. And so what signs and signals am I being given in this present moment of, wow, if I don't take action on that sooner rather than later, I'm going to be an active participant in my own disappointment. And it's just interesting to think about it. And I guess it's it's what we always talk about, but in the present moment is where we have our power to, to do whatever it is that we want to do to nip whatever sort of future regrets in the bud, basically. And... I just think that so much of life is so unpredictable. You know, like we were talking about with my dad, tomorrow isn't promised. He went to sleep one night and didn't wake up the next day. Completely unexpected, unplanned, un everything. So what can we do? Taking back our power, knowing that life is so unpredictable, what can we do with the gift of the present moment to fill that well back up that might be feeling that pang of disappointment or yearning or um, potential regret. And also releasing ourselves from this black and white thinking that if we don't ever get some sort of idealized goal or version of ourselves that we can't feel that state of content. You know, life is gray and I believe that so long as we're connected with ourselves, listening to like the yearnings of our soul and taking that aligned action, the outcome doesn't even really matter because you're living that life from the inside out. You're living life through on your own terms as far as your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, and where you're moving yourself. And because tomorrow isn't promised, you know, if for some reason my life were to end tomorrow, I, even if I didn't complete everything I wanted to complete, you know, it's okay. You know? Yeah. I, I, (laughs) I I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I think it's just interesting to think about like, it's like a triangle. You have the past, the future, and you're sitting here in the present. And it's like, what can you pull from the past? What can you 
pick up from what you're feeling about the future and do whatever you need to do right now to marry them together. Exactly. And so that's, that kind of circles us back to how do we get to the place that you're talking about? And we get to the place that you're talking about by knowing what matters most to us. We have to know what matters most. And so we don't really know what mattered most to your dad, but we can kind of have an idea because he talked about it all the time. So we, to live our lives from the inside out, we truly have to know what matters most. What do we value? What do, what really matters most? So I think that's the first step in helping us deal, manage, nip them in the bud, like you said, by not having the regrets. The first step really is, or the first thing that we can do is start taking actions on things that matter most to us. And they don't have to be huge steps and huge actions. We don't just jump right in and expect to be doing it, you know, in 24 hours or whatever that might be. But it means that we start taking the first step with an intentional action towards our aligned goals or aligned ideals or the objectives that we have for our life and what matters most. Because knowing exactly what you want helps you then start to take that first step on where you want to go. And then you take the next baby step, and then you take the next baby step. And I think this is the first, um, well, not, no, this is the first way to start this whole idea of how do, we, how do we look at regrets. But we have to not shy away from them. We have to lean into what is it that we regret, because probably what we're regretting, if it's something that we didn't do, might be something that matters most to us. So that's, I think it's the first thing that we have to do and how to start looking at this idea of regrets and not living in the past and not wishing to be happy in the future, but actually taking some steps right now in the present moment. Absolutely. And ultimately, the antidote to all of this is cultivating that self-compassion that we've talked about in the past of remembering that you only know what you know right now in this moment and you can only keep moving forward and using the lessons of yesterday to help you get to where you want to be tomorrow. But you, you were telling me about um, this practice called rain that you learned um, that's been really helpful in a process to help move through some of these feelings of regret that we wanted to share with you. We actually wanted to share it last week, but we just ran out of time. So, um, so this was a good opportunity. This is perfect timing today. Yes. I learned this when I was on a retreat with Tara Brock and it's a, um, it's a practice that's been developed by mindfulness teacher, Michelle McDonald and Tara Brock was teaching us this at a retreat and I love it. And the acronym is RAIN, R-A-I-N. Sorry. It's okay. And it stands for Recognize, Allow, Investigate, and Nurture. And it truly does what Michelle has just set it up so beautifully is it brings self-compassion to the difficult emotions that we might be feeling. And why I love this so much when we're talking about regret, because actually, I think when you sit down and, and really look at regret in your life, I know this happened for me when I sat down and started looking at any regrets that I had and thinking about all the way to the end of my life, it did bring up a lot of difficult emotions. So it's why I love this practice that I learned rain. And the first step is to recognize. So I'm having a difficult emotion in this, in this instance, in this conversation today, we're talking about regrets. I'm having a difficult emotion about regret. Can I just sit down for a minute 
and recognize, become aware of the emotions that I'm feeling. Feeling sad. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling whatever that feeling is, really recognizing it and allowing you to become aware of what you're feeling. Yeah, in the past we've said, name it to tame it. And I often think I have the visual in my mind of that felt poster that you had in my room as a kid. And it said, what are you feeling today? And it was all these little like felt faces with different feelings with the words. And you had me pick which one. And I think if we all could have a felt poster in our minds of what we're feeling to really understand it, you know, you could say, I regret this, I regret that. But, you know, deep underneath it, is it disappointment? Is it anger? Is it, what is it? Because I think when you get to that root, it can really help you to unpack it and figure out what's the best way for you to move forward. So name it to tame it. Name it, yeah. So the first step is recognize. So the R in RAIN is recognize and becoming aware and allowing yourself to be in the moment with the emotion. And then the second step is allow. This means not resisting the emotion or trying to change it, not pushing it away, not trying to bury it, pretending like it didn't, it, it be, pretending like it's not here. It's happening for you, but it's simply allowing yourself to be present with it. Just be with it and allow yourself to allow your, give yourself the grace. That's why this is such a beautiful self-compassion uh, experience. Give yourself the grace of just allowing. You don't have to push it away. You don't even have to understand it in this moment. Just allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and, and allowing the emotions to come up and speak to you, really. Especially, speak to you through your body. And I have to imagine that this might be the step where a lot of people get stuck. Mm -hmm. I think this is where my dad got stuck often. I don't, he was someone who really did not want to feel a lot of his feelings and especially confrontational feelings, I think, that can come up with regret or remorse or disappointment. And so I have to imagine that he pushed a lot of that away or pushed it down and didn't didn't allow it to come out so that he could, you know, go into the next steps of this that you're going to talk about. But I think a lot of us do. I think a lot of us feel that it's more comfortable, it's safer, it's better to just stay in the what we know of the disappointment rather than dive into those feelings of whatever's coming up underneath. Absolutely, Michelle. And like you, you often say, when you keep pushing your feelings down and down and down, they come out sideways. And I, I, this is where I always got stuck. You know, I'm, you all know in listening to prior episodes that I'm in recovery for bulimia for the past 38 years. And before I checked myself into treatment, I, I did not ever want to feel anything <laughs> ever. Yeah. And so often I would eat. I would eat, you know, I didn't want to feel, so I would push the feelings down by eating. So absolutely, this is a place where it's, it can be difficult. And so trusting that this process, RAIN, R-A-I-N, trusting that this process, if you can trust yourself, because I, I couldn't trust myself before treatment because I really thought I would get lost in the emotion and that it would carry me away. And I wasn't sure what would happen. I didn't know if I'd end up in a psych ward. I, I really wasn't sure because I had so many issues going on in my life. And all I knew was I needed to keep working, keep my head down, and just keep doing the best that I could, and I had to be perfect. So it was hard. to I, I just wouldn't allow myself. So I love that this A stands for allow. 
and just be, simply be present with it. And then the third step is the I, to investigate. And this is, this is really an important step. Where do you feel the emotion in your body? Do you feel heat or tightness or pressure or pain? You know, it, it's, it's very important to just, start to just start to connect the emotions with the body instead of staying in your mind the whole time. The mind is going to be thinking a million thoughts. And so trying to let the mind do its thing and think its thoughts because you can't stop the thoughts from coming, but putting your attention inside the body, asking yourself, where am I feeling this? And you could ask yourself some questions like, what thoughts are triggering this emotion? Um, what do I need for myself right now to feel safe, to feel comfortable? What, what do I need to say about the feelings that I'm, that I'm feeling? And these questions are not about getting rid of the emotion. They're actually about gently investigating where are the emotions coming from, what is happening, and bringing more experience to the ex- bringing more attention and awareness to the experience that you're having. And being very gentle with all of this. It's really just to become aware. Because yeah. I know when I first just let me, I'm finished, I know when I first when I first did this exercise, when I asked myself, where am I feeling this in my body? I started crying, uncontrollably crying. Because it, it was very rare for me in the early days to actually connect with the emotions in my body. I lived so much in my mind. I was constantly in my mind. I just didn't want to connect to my body because I thought that's what would happen. I might start crying. And so what I realized when I started crying uncontrollably was, oh, I could handle this. I didn't disintegrate in my chair I actually, I actually feel better that I allowed myself to just cry uncontrollably. So you may be surprised if you just allow and investigate and ask yourself some of these gentle questions. You may be surprised at how strong you are because when you get into the body like this, it actually can be very gentle and very transformational. Yeah, and the practice of asking yourself questions is a really powerful one. I mean, first and foremost, it interrupts that loop of thinking. So if you're, you know, going down some sort of rabbit hole of thoughts and and writing stories, if you can stop and ask yourself those questions instead, you can interrupt that loop, obviously. But it, and then also asking yourself these important questions like, what do I need right now, or what's coming up for me, like we've talked about in the past you can unearth the answers that maybe you didn't know were buried in you that that maybe never would have occurred to you. You just needed to allow and give yourself the space to let the answers come up. You know, we tend to live on autopilot of just keep going and moving and pushing through and pushing down and persevering. But there's so much buried underneath all of that if we give ourselves the time and the space. So I just think that, and that's a good journaling practice too. You know, what do I need right now? What's coming up for me? What triggered this? And just see what comes out. If you feel like you need more of a tangible process to let it come out of your your mind onto paper. And what is so important about what you just said, Michelle, is leads into the final N which is nurture, or it's often called not identify. What happened for me when I was crying uncontrollably the first time I did this was I started to recognize, because you've got the thoughts in the mind and you've got the feelings in the body and you've got this whole wave of all of this happening. 
you start to recognize just with the slightest little bit of awareness that we are not our emotions. So if we cannot identify ourselves with our emotions, I'm feeling sadness, but I'm not, I'm not the word sad. You know, like we can see that, you start to mm-hmm. see that little bit of separation. You, you start to, I, I, for me, I gain courage. I gain confidence. I, it finally dawned on me that I'm powerful. I'm strong. I'm capable. I can feel these feelings because the feelings don't have the power to name who I am because that's not who I am. I'm, I'm a person right now feeling these feelings, but they don't define who I am. So the final step in RAIN, the N, is to nurture yourself, to have this deep self-compassion for yourself and to understand and not identify the N of not identify with the emotions. And why do we say that so often? We say it a lot in these episodes because emotions are fleeting. Emotions never last. Emotions come and they go. They are temporary experiences that come and go. So it's so important to understand you are not your emotions. So in this whole process of RAIN, recognize, allow, investigate, and nurture or not identify You're helping yourself move through the experience of what the regret is that you're having. And you come out the other side, not finished, but you come out the other side having gained more awareness, having understood better what's happening and feeling a little bit, I felt free. When I got up from my chair, I felt like, wow, a big weight had been lifted off my shoulders and I could take a nice deep breath. And I felt like, wow, I had really accomplished something in that. Uh, and that experience. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not a one and done. I've done it quite often over the years, quite often. It's just a little practice that we thought we'd share with you that has really, um, has really benefited yeah. us a lot. And just to piggyback off of that non-identify piece, I've heard a lot of people suggest to think about how we talk about feelings so often, if you were to say, Michelle, how are you feeling today? I could say I am sad or I am stressed or I am anxious or whatever, like personifying myself with that feeling like I am sadness, anxiety, stress rather. And then the, the simple shift of that is I feel sad so that you're not taking that on as as you it's just like you said, it's the fleeting feeling. And I know it, you know, you could be like, well, it's just semantics, but it's, it's not, you know, it, the way that we talk about these things within our minds is really powerful and important. As we know, if you've listened to any of these episodes that we've, we've done and that simple shift too, can really start to help you to separate you yourself from that fleeting emotion. So even the good ones, you know, it's, it's so that you can just be you and the feelings will come and go because like we talk about no feeling is final. You know, I feel, I feel so happy right now. Um, it's just a, a, a powerful shift. It is what gives you your power when you can understand that nothing, you know, I think we said this last week and I, I say it, probably say it to myself at least once every single day that nothing or no one has the power to name who I am. You do say it very often. Often. And it's so true. And this little practice 
will help you understand that regrets don't have the power to name who you are. Emotions don't have the power to name who you are. Every time you can identify what your fear is or what's holding you back or what's keeping you from living fully in the present moment or living the life that you, that you really so deeply desire to live. Every time you can name something that is the roadblock that you can lean into, wow, what is it that's causing me not to get to where it is that I'm trying to go? You gain power because really what you're doing is saying, oh, okay, that's what's going on, but that's not who I am. That's what's going on, but that certainly is not who I am. So it's beautifully said, Michelle, you, you really just summarized why regrets are so important to lean into and to work through and let them transform you and have you see the opportunities that lie ahead and mostly that you get to see what what you don't want. Exactly. And so I think it's so important to, I think it's, it's really, it's really a good, I think so much journaling is so important and I think having your own little personal notebook and put on the outside of it, whatever you want to put out, but just actually just constantly owning your feelings and leaning into your feelings and reflecting on whatever you feel are mistakes or failures or wins, you know, so instead of rejecting things, instead of pushing things away, actually accepting what is what you're feeling in the moment and actually accepting what's happening for you in the moment. And maybe asking yourself this question, you know, what have I learned? Or what what is this trying to teach me? I'm constantly saying to myself, what is this trying to teach me? And so a journaling prompt, Michelle, that I think you and I've talked about many times is, you know, just imagine that you're talking to yourself because I talk to myself all day long. So imagine that you're talking to yourself about this particular regret. And now that we just talked about rain from a very compassionate and understanding perspective, what would you say to yourself? And just write it down and just see what kind of feelings come up with that question. Mm -hmm. It's powerful, powerful, powerful when you can start talking to yourself in a way that you are your own best friend and not your biggest enemy. Truly. I know that I've said that before. We can become We did a whole episode on that. Becoming your own best friend. So that's a really powerful way to start understanding what the regret is trying to teach you and allowing yourself to move through it. You know, and as we've been talking about this, especially the (laughs) the rain piece... I just keep having Rain on Me by Lady Gaga playing. Have you heard that song? No. No. We'll listen to it later. But it's been like playing through my head. I love it. You know, if you want to have some levity, every time you hear that song, it can give you the prompt to like stop and do the rain process. You know. I love that so much. Make it fun. Make it fun. I mean. Little monsters. If nothing else, life has to, these practices and everything we talk about in our conversations every single week, they, they are meant to be fun. It's not meant to be rigid. It's not meant to be hard. It's not meant to be, oh my gosh, you know, to, to burden you. They truly are meant to be fun. I always say, live, don't take yourself so seriously, but live the life that you want to live seriously. So it's kind of that juxtaposition of we want to live the life that we truly came here to live, but we can't take ourselves seriously. We have to interject some fun and levity and laughter. So I think for me, it's most important to live life fully, make mistakes, because life is not in a straight line. Life is a very crooked. Life is not linear. Life is not linear. And so it becomes really clear to me that that the hospice, people that are in hospice, had that, wanted that courage 
it becomes really clear that if you're not living a life that's really authentically yours, if you're allowing emotions and people and society and regrets and all of that to name who you are, if you're not living that life that's true to you, allowing yourself to fully make so many mistakes and do the things that you need to do and take all the actions that you think you need to take and take intentionally, mindfully, um, and thinking that you uh, instead of living that life in a straight line, being tentative or being unsure, and usually that tentative, unsure line is a line that possibly wasn't even drawn by you. It's, it's what society's telling you to do or it's what someone else is saying for you to do. So I think for me, when I look back on my life, lately I've been saying to myself, I'm glad I did instead of I wish I had. Hmm. I'm glad I, I did. I love that. Because I think if we're doing this work, and Rain has helped me do this a lot, but also just, just, just actually, I'm 65 years old, so I'm in this, you know, this final phase of life. I'm in, I'm in the last chapter. Ugh. No, it's, I've got a lot of years left. Jesus, mom. No, Michelle, I've got a lot of years left. She does not like for me to talk about well, this. The final I've, phase. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of years left, but it's so interesting to reflect back. And so I say all this with great humility and urgency that it's so good to have a practice of reflection. It's so good to look back. It's so good to really be looking at your life and where am I putting my time? What matters most to me? So when I look back, I, I'm, I'm happy to say, I'm glad I did instead of I wish I had. So I think there's a lot of difference between these words. And it's for me, I'm glad I did equals a life well lived, which is what I've always said. I want to be able to say that I live my life well, that I had a life well lived. So it's really important for me to look at everything that could be holding me back. I really like that because thinking back to some of the things that I could regret from my past and that switch of I'm glad I did, um, it helps to honor the path because I am where I am today because I did. I wouldn't be sitting here. And so it, it really helps you shift from... It's really helpful. Yeah, it's great. Good job. Gratitude. So there's, I believe there's, there's kind of four simple ways... Um, there's four ways that I that I that I think that makes sense to help get you there, and it's what we've been talking about. Take risks, take intentional action. Really looking at your life and saying, "What little small step can I take that that I'm afraid?" Because I think most of the time we're afraid to take the first step. I think we're afraid to take the first step because we can't see the whole path, and if we can't see the whole path and see how the end is going to unfold, oh, I better not take the first step. It may not unfold well. And actually just twist that around and say, let me take the first step and see what happens. And obviously I'm saying, you know, with, with kindness and compassion and all the things, you're not going to step in and do harm. But let me take the first step and see what happens. And then let me take the second step. So trying not to be afraid of taking the first step just because you can't see the end. Mm -hmm. And for me, the second thing is making authentic choices. We talk a lot about living your authentic life, making authentic choices. And I'm going to bring up Brene Brown here again because I love her so much. And her in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, she says, authenticity is a collection of choices that we have to make every day. It's about the choice to show up and be real, the choice to be honest, and the choice to let our true selves be seen. So just make authentic, be your authentic, be your authentic self more often than not during the day and making at least one or two authentic choices every day. 
and having that courage. And then the next part is, you know, the believing, I think belief and hope and trust is a bedrock of my life. Mm-hmm. And just believing that if I don't know things right now, that it'll make sense later and being curious. I, I say this a lot too in, in my work. Be curious about the day. Be curious about what's out there for you. Have a Try to develop a, a curious mind, knowing that, you know, everything will probably work out fine. And then if, if you start taking that one step at a time and you start course correcting, chances are it's all going to work out in the end. And it may end up, what is that, what is that, that saying that what you wish for, you, you ended up getting something so much better than what you ever wished for. Right. And I was even thinking too of that Martin Luther King quote of faith is taking the first step, even when you can't see the whole, don't see the whole staircase. Beautiful. Which is kind of an encapsulation of the first three that you were talking about. Say that again. Faith is taking the first step, even when you don't see the whole staircase. Thank you, Martin Luther King Jr. It's a beautiful, beautiful way to live. Um, and there's a quote by Steve Jobs, too, that I found. It's, it's just, uh, you know, I love to find, I love to find ways that, that help us actually put these things into practice. For me, people's words like Martin Luther King Jr. has impacted my life greatly. Brene Brown. So the idea that Steve Jobs says this, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down and has made all the difference in my life. So sometimes we can't, we can't see the whole staircase. And that's what I love about that quote. But eventually it all connects. Exactly. The dots connect and you can, you can see the first step. Um, and having confidence, having confidence and knowing that you're going to be, you're going to be scared. Maybe you're going to be shaking or you're going to be worried. You might be, you might be shaking up as you're walking up the steps, but knowing that, you know, the path is not smooth. We know that life can be, life can be amazing and life can be awful. And then it can be amazing again. And then it can be awful again. I saw that quote from L.R. Nast. It's just interesting to look at life as having its ups and downs and reminding yourself that you've got everything that you need. Yes. And then the last one. Being grateful for whatever happens, knowing that it's a teaching. And even if it's not what we'd hoped for, it's a teaching of what we need to do next, really. What didn't work, and now I can course correct and get back on the path towards what it is that I deeply desire. You're doing the best that you can when you're living authentically. Um, just reminding yourself to have faith. Have faith and keep walking your path. And really what's, what, what then happens is you start to recognize that, that regret and all of the things that we're going to really are teachers. They really are helping us see what did I need to learn that I didn't know before. And for me, this is how we live our lives and this is how I've been able to say, you know what? I'm living a life that's well-lived. I'm being as intentional and doing the best that I can, knowing what matters most to me, and walking this really crooked, shaky path sometimes. Beautiful. And I always say life is, we, you know, Michelle, we <laughs> always say, life is an experiment. It is an experiment. And if you can keep it in that context... Life is an experiment. So every day we're learning and every day we're growing and every day we're looking at all of the things that are happening 
in this experiment of life. Exactly. Love it. Thank you. I'm glad that you nudged us in the direction of a part two. Well, you know, if you look at it this way, it you you talked about this a little while ago, how can we nip regret in the bud? And so if you look at it this way, we probably won't regret something that's taught us valuable lessons. Mm-hmm. Right, so we it it just helps us reframe. It helps us helps us look at what what is regret here to teach us. So if you find yourself in a ruminating place about some regret, just sit down for a second and ask yourself, what is this trying to teach me? What am I supposed to learn from this? Have I actually grown? Because sometimes we're not even recognizing that we're actually growing. And I think those little things all along the way, those ways of talking to yourself with self compassion with love, with grace, how you would talk to your best friend, how you would talk to the person that you love the most. You would be saying all these things, so say those things to yourself. And I, I, I believe, and my hope for all of you is that this will start to little by little shift your perspective. And instead of being resentful or regretful, we can start to transform regret and resentment and frustration into you know, appreciating what's happened or having some gratitude I'm for what's I happened. I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I did that. It's brought me where I am today. You know, with experiments, we never accomplish anything in life if you look back in life if we're afraid, if we don't actually take this step. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying live fully. Make all the mistakes that you need to make so that you learn all the things that you need to know. And then there may be very few regrets you know, when you realize that regret is really teaching you an invaluable lesson, um, you know, lessons for me that what I, what I say so much in my life is I'm here to learn, I'm here to grow, and I'm here to become. Live, laugh, love. <laughs> so I'll finish with one more quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Don't be too timid and squeamish about your actions. All life is an experiment. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Michelle. I I was thinking about what that meant. And that's a great way to end this riff, two-part riff on regret. If we can look at life as an experiment, we can kind of have a little detachment from it and we don't have to take it. compassion. Yeah, compassion and and not be so serious about making a mistake or some of the choices that we made like you always say from James Finley, don't take yourself so seriously, but take your life seriously, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So Love it. So I love you, you all so much. Michelle, I love you. Love Thank you, you for indulging me in this, in this whole topic of regret because it's been up for me. So I'm really And thanks for sharing happy. the rain practice. You're welcome. I had not ever heard that. And You're welcome. Every time I hear rain on me, I love I it. will stop, drop, and rain. Good. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Barb Knows Best, the podcast. We're so grateful for all of you for tuning in week after week. If you haven't already, please make sure you're liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. And if you haven't yet, make sure to give us a five-star rating and leave us a review if you feel so generous. Also, if you'd like to stay in touch with us, which we hope you do, 
please make sure you're following us on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, and at Barb Knows Best Pod. That is the best way to ask questions, stay in touch, and request future podcast um, topics. So that is all. Thank you so much again for listening. Thanks for being part of this fabulous community. We're grateful for all of you. Thank you, Mom. And we'll talk to you next week because, as we know, Barb knows best. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.